Welcome to Sliding Doors Your Story, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career, and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? Sliding Doors, your story delves into your extraordinary moments and decisions that built the path of your life. Through your applications, we have curated a mini-series with amazing people taking us through their amazing Sliding Doors moments. We will reflect on how a decision or moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm really excited to announce that for this series, we have partnered up with Berksy, who you may have seen on this season's Dragon's Den. Berksy is a super clean and refreshing alcoholic sparkling water, which is also known as a hard seltzer and is sold throughout the UK. All of their flavours are made with real fruit and on a lovely sunny day, my favourite has to be opening up a can of peach and raspberry. And the founders also set up the brand in a sliding doors moment themselves in Toronto's Berksy Park. So we're now asking you to create your own sliding doors moment and have a Berksy with your friends this spring. So whether it's taking the time to listen to a podcast or just having a moment to yourself, taking that time to think about your sliding doors moment And while you're at it, you can get 20% off your first order using the code SLIDINGDOORS on their website, www.berksydrinks.com, where you can also tell us your sliding doors moment by entering it through the website. Enjoy the episode. My guests today are Nick and Nick from Berksy. Nick and Nick are the founders of Berksy, an alcoholic sparkling water and the sponsors of Sliding Doors Your Story. Today, they will be sharing their sliding doors moment, which led to the creation of Berksy and building their brand, as well as delving into their time on Dragon's Den. 
So welcome to Sliding Doors, Your Story, Nick and Nick. It's really great to have you on the podcast today. I'm really excited to delve into the Berksy story. Um, I've got my Berksy here with me now, um, but you're actually in New York now, so it's okay for me to drink because it's later here. Um, so you guys, I'll enjoy my Berksy while we chat. Um, so I'd love to start with some intros from both of you. So explain kind of who you are and what you do. Um, and it's very hard because I'm going to say like, Nick, you go first and Nick, you go first, but you're both called Nick. So you very guys confusing. take it away. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I'll get started then. Why not? Uh, so yeah, I'm Nick Graham, uh, one of the founders of Berksy, uh, hard seltzer brand, aka uh, alcohol and sparkling water, sold throughout the UK and slowly moving into lots of nice new territories. Um, yeah, so I have, a, I have a background in all sorts of different things. So from retail, uh, consumer products, all the way through to management consulting, um, had a career uh, for 10 years before starting Berksy. Um, but yeah, just uh, just started a business two, three years ago now with, uh, with one of my old friends, Nick, Nick Johnson, who will introduce himself in a second. Uh, known each other now over, well, nearly, probably over 20 years, actually, which is a bit that's, crazy. That's, that's a worrying thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really worrying thought. Yeah. I think that puts it to perspective. Uh, but yeah, long-term friends of Nick and uh, yeah, really excited to, to have started this uh, awesome business, kind of changing the way that people drink alcohol, I guess. Amazing. And Nick, number two? Yes, um, second of the two Nicks. Uh, Hi, I'm Nick Johnson. Uh, Again, one of the founders of Berksy. Um, Quite new to the alcoholic drinks industry. So before uh, we started Berksy back in sort of 2019, 2020, um, I was actually an engineer by trade. So Ah. a bit of a fun career shift or pivot there um, (laughs) pre-pandemic. Um, but just saw something that we were kind of super passionate about and loved the idea of um, and had a bit of a sort of YOLO moment, I guess you could call it. And um, (laughs) yeah, now now here we are running a fun startup alcoholic drinks business. Um, I I have a bit, obviously my background being in engineering is a bit more sort of mathsy and technical. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of my my natural talents and would, you know, typically take care of that sort of part of the business as opposed to Nick, um, who tends to, love a bit of the more the marketing side of things so Great, <laughs> well, we, I love- we both it's, it's a startup so we, so we really do a bit of everything to be honest <laughs> exactly I love a good spreadsheet um, yeah. so, um <laughs> yeah. how did you both actually meet then so 20 years ago uh how did you guys know each other so uh yeah Nick and I grew up in the in the same area Buckinghamshire so in between uh, Milton Keynes and Bedford and uh we were probably yeah nine maybe even younger than nine, eight or nine years old. And um, we played for a local rugby club together. So, just say it must uh, have involved some form of sport. Yeah, it was, it was, it was <laughs> rugby. We used to go out, get get up early on a Sunday morning and go stand in, in our shorts and long socks playing rugby, getting hailed on, uh, freezing cold, like minus two, having to slide around on frozen puddles oh, on a muddy field. So that's, you know, really character building. Those were the days. And did you yeah, just yeah. kind of keep your friendship going then throughout until you started Berksy? Yeah. Well, we well, then later went to school together, actually. Ah. So between we, we uh, obviously knew each other outside of school um, for a few years, but then Nick and I ended up going up to the same school between the ages of kind of 13 and 18, I think. So, um, you know, obviously got quite close during that time and then um, still to this day, still hanging out. So yeah. good fun. Good job you like hanging out with each other you've got to see <laughs> yeah. a lot of each other. Yeah, um, yeah. And I wanted to ask, I mean, Nick, you can start because I know that you just said you worked in engineering before, but what did you want to be when you were growing up? Like, what was the dream as a young Nick? Wow. 
That's a, that's a very good question. Um, well, it probably wasn't an engineer, actually. Uh, I always had a love of like nature and mm. sort of animals and all that stuff. Um, used to spend a lot of time just walking around the garden. Yeah. One of those weird ch- childs that just kind of like <laughs> picks up the rock and looks underneath. We um, all did it. I, yeah. <laughs> Me more than most. Um, I actually wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh, uh, yeah. Of all things, just because I love, you know, uh, I guess like sea life and um, all that good stuff. But yeah, I took a took a bit of a turn. Uh, I guess when I had to pick my A levels, and it was between like biology and chemistry, and for some strange reason, went went with chemistry. So I don't know why. Um, and then I ended up doing chemical engineering or chemical and environmental engineering, should I say, um, at university, and that just kind of I had a, had a real interest in that as well, and it kind of led me down this path. So. Nick won't, mention, uh, Nick won't mention that the posters he had on his wall at that age, which uh, were a mushroom poster and a Easy. shark poster. It's <laughs> a lie. It's a lie. That's, oh, fake, that's, that. that's fake news, that. Fake news, <laughs> fake news. But it's interesting because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we think often, you know, wake up, at like and not wake up, like grow up wanting to be an entrepreneur. And I guess some people do, but some people it, it falls into them. And Nick, what did you want to be when you were younger? Yeah, to be honest, I, I never really had a clue. Um, but yeah. starting a business was not really ever something I wanted to do. I, I think you picked up on it there. You've got those people who talk about, oh, when I was 11 years old, I started my own sock business or, you know, I started doing X, Y, Z. Yeah, like making uh, the profits at school. and Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, selling Lucozades for yeah. a 50% markup, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, never wanted to do that. I actually changed my mind about 10 times, I think. When I was really young, I wanted to be a vet and then I wanted to work in politics. And then once I've done a degree in politics, I said, I never want to do that again. And then um, just got put into the world of kind of startups and uh, retail and, and all these things that are super relevant for us now and mm-hmm. kind of never looked back. And um, yeah, I think it's nothing better than working for yourself. But at the same time, it has its own its own challenges. Uh, but yeah, it's fun to do it with that. Uh, with someone you're really close to and a good mate, I think that makes it a hell of a lot easier and kind of makes work feel less like work, I guess. Definitely. And I think, you know, we there's a lot of transferable skills in lots of different jobs. And I think, you know, you never have to do one thing to get somewhere else. Like you can do loads of different things and you can learn things that you've probably both picked up that you now use in your business. And I'm going to talk a lot more about Berksy and the business when we talk about your moment, because it's basically all based around that. But one thing I did want to pick up on, which a lot of people might know you guys, because you're on Dragon's Den. Um, and I'd just love to know like how that whole experience was for you. I mean, Nick, are you now kind of doing Robbie Williams gigs on the side? Like, <laughs> how, how did that all come about? Yes. And what was it like for you? But I think my uh, I think the last time I sang Angels at some sort of karaoke <laughs> event, I think I got booed off stage. So um, there's, there's certainly going to be no Robbie Williams impersonation going on. Uh, but yeah, it was an amazing experience and, and super cool for the business and, and super cool experience for us too. And um, what's actually quite funny is it probably took 18 months from the first time we applied, wow. which was probably just before we started the business, all the way through to someone calling us late one evening and saying hey can you come in on monday and film dragon's den uh, which was that kind of worrying realization we only had like a week's notice didn't we wow maybe five days maybe five yeah. days and did they do that on purpose do you think <laughs> to kind of keep like the yeah. intensity going and under pressure definitely yeah and it's a full-time job between there and going on to the show of pulling together the documentation pulling together all of the due diligence that you need, all the boring stuff, which you don't want to have to do. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's value adding. 
which is the, the most ridiculously time-consuming stuff. But I think at the time, actually, and this shows you kind of the difference between people and, and their attitudes, I was very much like, you know, I don't think this is the right time for us. You know, this this would have been good a year ago, but it's not right. And then Nick made this really interesting point. I'll never forget it. Where he said, you know, we'll never have the opportunity to do this again, ever. Uh, like, you know, people would, would do crazy things for, to, for an opportunity like this. And I think that's a really nice kind of, I guess, statement, almost like yeah. something which, to, which makes you want to go. We had to like force ourselves to do it. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, it's so much else going on. Like, is this really a focus? Should we be going on? Obviously, there's a risk around it could go well. It could go really badly. You see so many people going on there getting absolutely rinsed and just, yeah, just pulled hard. to pieces. And you never know how it's going to go because... I don't know if you will know this, but obviously you get like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes worth of TV on the back end, but we were in there for like two and a half hours. And you imagine, well, firstly, the pressure... Um, being in there that long. It must have been long. really hot. I, I get really yeah. sweaty. <laughs> I go, I go so red as well. So probably don't like Mr. Tomato in there. Um, but yeah, you uh, being in there for that long, it's just like they're going to find an angle at some point to portray you potentially in a bad light. But fortunately for us, they actually, I think four out of five of them genuinely really liked. Mm-hmm. Firstly, the product, but you know, just just the general story and thankfully us as well and didn't really feel the need to try and pull us to pieces because I think some people they see you know oh this guy's just a bit of a chancer let's just point out all the flaws and they just do that for good tv and you never know how they're going to behave no you guys were brilliant and I love that actually what you've just said because it shows that that's why you work well in business together because if one thing's what one person thinks one thing actually the other one thinks something different and then you can kind of do it together. And I guess ultimately this was a bit of a sliding doors moment for you guys as well, because I'm guessing that yeah. it did kind of change things for you and put you more out there in the world. 100%. Yeah, for sure. It, it really did. It was, um, yeah, at a time when you put the application in, you you know there's probably like a one in a hundred chance you'll ever get a call back and uh, you never know when it's going to be. And you did that so early on and it was just a, what we were trying to do now in creating books. It was just something on a piece of paper then and by the time they'd called you know selling all over the UK we have some great successes we have a we have a small team and all these things so something at the time which was so small and what felt irrelevant became so big for us and such a huge part in the business's history and not just the business's history but also like our kind of personal yeah. our personal lives and our personal stories you know we'll probably still think of this 40 years from now definitely um, when hopefully we're still mates yeah <laughs> and <laughs> did you crossed. watch it together we did yeah, yeah. not and not I, sober not sober. i was, I was like, gonna say how what i, I, I like, don't even know how no i feel way. watching it <laughs> i was like no there's no way i'm watching this sober so we had, we had a, <laughs> nick came around to mine or um staying at my parents house at the time so we sat in the family home and um yeah a few beers in sort of um hands on my head just watching the whole thing it's like i can't believe this me on tv you know you hear you, you don't like hearing the sound of your own voice in a recording but just the whole experience was just a little oh, bit of like, it. a, like it's like an out-of-body experience it's really, it's, really I mean, weird i have to get used to my voice i absolutely hated it at the beginning <laughs> but now i just have to listen to it or else i wouldn't have a podcast um yeah. <laughs> so before we chat about your moment specifically i'd love to ask both of you about your kind of personal thoughts on the sliding doors theory so do you think that these moments happen because of fate coincidence timing do you believe things happen for a reason what are both of your kind of personal beliefs on this 
I think I'm a little bit more uh, about things happening for a reason. Um, I always think in life you, you, you frequently will get dealt with things which may be at the time seem like the end of the world or at the time feel like bad news or even at the time feel like something so inconsequential and small that it doesn't deserve the time to think about it. And then when you look back on it, you're kind of like, actually, you know, that did happen and it drove us on to do this or it drove us on to do that. So I, I'm very much the kind of, it, it happened for a reason uh, camp. And if I think of so many things, not just about Berksy, but my life of things that happened, um, you know, I can always tie it back to a reason and say, actually, maybe this did happen because of X, Y, Z. And frequently has ended up in better things happening. And if you can take that kind of, short-term pain or that short-term hit actually sometimes longer term it, it works out better and uh yeah taught us a bit of patience i guess yeah. all the time. and you know that the no's and the failures are going to lead mm. you somewhere else you've got to have that belief um, and nick what about you are you the same are you different um, probably a bit different i'm not i'm not really a believer in fate i guess um kind of think that in life you perhaps kind of make your own your own luck usually mm-hmm. through some form of hard work and um I, I try and not get too or not to get too caught up in kind of like the little things and just kind of believe that you know you've got to keep plugging away and hopefully over time you know you're the trend if it's generally in the right direction you'll you'll get to where you're you're meant to be even if it doesn't feel like that all the time yeah. you know and you've got to often try and take a step back after a while and be like okay where's the end goal is it is it kind of heading in that direction and try and see that you are getting close to where you want to be mm-hmm. um over time but yeah i'd say it sounds like nick's probably more of a, a believer in uh no there's in, so in much than I am. <laughs> well there's so many different ways to believe in this theory because yeah there's destiny and there's everything happening for a reason but there's also hard work and um, as you said, sometimes just going with the flow and letting kind of life happen and saying yes to things and, yeah. you know, not not holding yourself back because you're not ready and just going with it and seeing what happens. So they're both very, very good um, theories. And actually, I love our partnership because the way that we came together was very sliding doors as well. Like <laughs> I was basically going to contact you guys because I'd seen you and like heard about your brand. And then Nick ended up messaging me on LinkedIn before I did. And it was all just very strange. So I definitely believe in fate that brought this together. So um, that's exactly why we're here. And we're going to go on to talking about your Slang Does moment. So um, you went out to Canada on a trip in 2019. um, And one day you went to sit in one of Toronto's most beautiful parks, Berksy Park. And little did we know that this would be the start of our journey in creating our very own product. Um, so take us back to this time and explain how this was a sign doors moment. So I'd love to know why were you in Canada? What were you both doing at the time and how that kind of moment of deciding to start Berksy changed your lives? Sure. It's quite a, quite a fun story. So yeah, back in 2019, um, it was Nick and myself, um, went out to Canada. It's actually Nick's family, Nick Graham, uh, Nick Graham's family that lives in and around sort of Toronto area. Um, I'd never been to Toronto before. I think Nick, Nick spent quite a lot of time there. Um, and actually his twin brother, Ali, shout out to Ali, uh, a <laughs> good friend of mine as well. Um, he had just emigrated over there. So he okay. was sort of, you know, really keen to get some friends over, kind of see, see the sites, show everyone around. Um, 
And at the time, he's actually staying in a building called the Berksy, which is another oh, another cool little uh, reference. So, that. so there's yeah. lots of references to Berksy in this area. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think we'd had, well, it must have been sort of the Saturday morning or the Sunday morning. Um, we'd had a bit of a night out the night before, been out, had, you know, lots of beers and probably some espresso martinis in there, lots of fun drinks. Um, and the next day, I think we were planning on going out again. And we're like in the afternoon, we're just sort of thinking, oh, you know, let's, let's have a few drinks. It's a beautiful day. Let's go sit in the park and just hang out and, you know, grab a few crispies as, as Ali loves to say. Yeah. Um, so we head into the, is it LCBO? I think is the term yeah, that's like the kind is. of canadian liquor board we have they have all the all the different boo types of booze in there went in there had a look and ali just kind of grabbed a selection of things for us um, we went out to the park you know sort of brown paper paper bag job yeah. sipping on the on the park bench and um just sat in this amazing park and we were just like wow it's a beautiful place um, and Ali asked us the question. I think it is worth just on that point as well, noting yeah. how cool this park is. It's like yeah. the most beautiful park ever. It's it's like all these massive buildings in Toronto, and then there's just this tiny little oasis in the middle, Amazing. which is like this quiet park where everyone brings their dogs, but there's also the most beautiful fountain okay. um, where there's statues of dogs, and they all look up at this golden bone at the top of the fountain. Love uh, that. Yeah, They're it's really, cute. really cute. Sorry, Nick, continue. That's oh, right. No, yeah, beautiful park. Um, just sat there kind of enjoying the afternoon and evening. And um, Ali just, you know, turned to us and asked us, you know, have you guys tried hard seltzer before? And uh, obviously we're like, uh, what no. What the hell is that? No, what the hell is that? Yeah, never, <laughs> literally never heard of it. Um, and I guess now, obviously we know, you know, seltzer being like a fizzy water or what the Americans call fizzy water. And hard being, I guess, the fact that it contains alcohol, hence hard seltzer. Yeah. Um, and we're like, no, you know, chuck them over. He's like, they're super light, super refreshing. Give it a go. So we we sat there, tried hard seltzer for the first time, and lo- absolutely loved it. And you we're know, having this, a full on moment. Yeah, we're all having yeah, all having a life real, is great. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know the the peak of your holiday. Yeah, super chill. All your friends lovely weather beautiful surroundings just could not be better um and all all over a hard seltzer so kind of at that moment you know we may not have realized at the time but that was kind of a real like turning point i guess in certainly mine and nick's lives um not sure about ali but um (laughs) um yeah it was was almost almost like that um perfect storm of like all of these cool things happening together you know yeah the sun is shining the park looks amazing um it's just so quiet it's so serene trying that something that you've never tried before and just doing all of these things coming together at the same time in this amazing setting just made it like a really really cool moment at the the time we didn't think that much of it where you're drinking a drink um but you look back on it and you're like that was genuinely the pivotal moment um, and it was just, yeah, just an amazing situation of one that, you know, we, we've got a whole load of things that we, we send out with Burpsy um, to all sorts of people and where we tell our story and we always bring out that moment in the park and that feeling and how we wanted to can it in a product. Um, and that's how it's, that's how it all works and how we've represented it. I mean, I'm almost like with my Burpsy now, sat in that park, I can feel it. I get, I get the moment. I guess. <laughs> the love so, coming through. 
from going on a holiday and sitting and having this moment, it's not rare. It's not like a regular thing that people then decide to start a business. So when was the light bulb moment of like, we should do this in the UK and who had it and how did, how did you kind of push that forward? I think, I think after that park moment, we obviously were there for a bit longer as well. And the more places we went, the more we saw hard seltzer and the more kind of curiosity came from that we was like wow this really is absolutely everywhere, everywhere out here yeah. and then actually part of that trip is we ended up in New York as well on the back end of that trip and we again saw the same thing so another friend was taking us around that area um and you know we were asking about hard seltzer and being like you know we were going to liquor store for example in, in New York and like half of it was taken up by hard seltzer and we just couldn't quite believe it. Mm-hmm. So we'd had that initial moment, but then it almost like snowballed into, you know, it's a curiosity. Wow. This stuff really is huge out here. I wonder if this stuff would work in the UK. Um, and then, you know, we went back home and, you know, we had that sort of plane discussion as well. We're like, that's pretty cool. Oh, a, a um, great plane discussion you know, at the end of a holiday pretty, yeah. when, when you feel like <laughs> yeah. anything in life is possible when you've been on holiday. Yeah, I love exactly. it. Exactly. Love just it. Pure optimism. Um, and you just continue to talk about it. And I think Nick and I got together uh, maybe the following weekend and we were like, let's do some research. Let's just sit down, got the laptops out the weekend, met up and just really kind of went through the UK market in terms of like RTD, um, canned products. And we didn't, at the time, there wasn't a single hard seltzer in the UK. Wow. It's very so, rare that that happens because there's yeah. always like something when you've got an idea. But yeah. Yeah. So there was literally zero penetration in the UK market on hard seltzers. And I think even in Europe. So we were just like, wow, like surely that's going to catch on at some point. Mm -hmm. And we have an opportunity here to be ahead of that. So we sort of looked at each other and was like, let's do it. it. And and where were you both kind of in like, like in your lives, like and career wise, like were you both searching for something new? Were you wanting to change jobs or was it purely just like a Mm -hmm. moment you were just like, let's have a look into it? I had zero intention of leaving my job. Really? <laughs> That's so interesting. Intention. Well, yeah, um, I was progressing really well, had a great career, uh, had massive job security um, as a management consultant, which sounds a bit boring, but I quite enjoyed it and uh, had absolutely nothing in my life that made me want to leave it at that point in time. Um, super secure. And it was just the idea of doing something yourself and the idea of, um i guess almost being your own boss just kind of that excitement took over from it um and actually both nick and i for for quite a long time we did both so yeah. we started berksy and and found a way to work evenings and weekends and uh and everything in between i guess in some ways it was that kind of um more time that you had over covid because we'd start yeah. the business around that time and you were able to do both for a while and Nick and I had uh, yeah, a very, very stressful year running two genuine jobs. Because um, you, you want to make sure it's the right thing, don't you? Of course you do, yeah. Maybe that sounds a little bit boring, but, it, you know, you've got to kind of weigh up risk and reward. And did you kind of, do you think you like followed your gut? Like, are you people that like, you just had this gut feeling it was the right thing to do? And, Definitely. And I mean, when you handed in your notice at your jobs, how, like, how did that feel? And did, were, were people around you championing you to do this? Or was it, were, were people often questioning like, why are you doing this? You've got a great job. Like, what are you doing? I, I actually have a funny story about that. When I um, went to hand in my notice, I was actually getting promoted. 
<laughs> oh my god! So at the time when I said, uh, "I'm afraid," I'm, I spent weeks putting together a case, and uh, I actually said to them, um, "Thanks for your consideration, but I will be leaving, uh, so I'll have to turn this down." Uh, which is quite a funny situation to be in, but yeah, I think like, before I did it, I was just when you have kind of your close friends and, and your family kind of supporting you to make that move in time, you're just kind of like, why not? Let's just give it a go. Um, you know, if it was 10 years on from now, maybe I wouldn't, but it was just that kind of right stage in life, I guess, with enough support and, and the business kind of doing well on its own. So why not, Definitely. I guess? Yeah, I think that's the same from my side as well. I just felt in terms of not necessarily the career side, but in terms of the, like, we're still at the time still in our sort of late twenties, mm-hmm. you know, it's early enough on. We didn't have any sort of family pressure. There wasn't really any sort of massive, you know, ne- neither of us had like a mortgage, for example. Yeah. It was like, we don't have any deep financial concerns about, you know, um, our, our own personal lives. So it was, it was like a, this might be the only chance we get in life to start something like this. Why not give it a shot? So we kind of weighed all that up and thought, let's just go for it. So good. I wish I could go back to myself in my like mid to late twenties and be like, take more risks, do more things. Cause it only <laughs> gets like more complicated as you get older. But um, I love, I love Berksy so much and I love the branding. I mean, it's matching what I'm wearing today, not on purpose, but um, the branding's incredible. And I guess I wanted to ask you both, what's, what is the ethos of the brand? Like why Berksy? Like why should someone, what's your USP and why kind of does Berksy work for you guys? Yeah, for sure. So uh, Nick and I are both super active, well, allegedly super active. So um, we're both actually running a marathon on Sunday. So wow. uh, it is, well, uh, we're going to try and run a marathon <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> Over in Toronto, actually Caveat. running past ah, uh, Berksy Park. Brilliant. That's great. Uh, but we, I guess from a, from a kind of product point of view, um, there was nothing like it on the market. You know, if you have a canned cocktail, you're going to drink 30 grams of sugar and, um, you know, you're going to maybe not feel great when you drink it. Uh, but the thing is with the Berksy is it's low in calories and uh, low in sugar compared to other drinks. So there's yeah. kind of a lifestyle point around that, that you can have a few more and, um, you know, still kind of keep on track with all the things you're doing in your life. So I guess that's the first point. Um, and then from a, from a kind of brand point of view, uh, we wanted to be the most natural, the most sustainable and the mm-hmm. most premium um, kind of hard seltzer on the market. And, you know, we've done that from, from the ingredients being really high quality, the spirit we use being super high quality, four times distilled, um, and our sustainability credentials being just really, really awesome. You know, we're certified carbon neutral um we, have, we use really sustainable packaging um you know everything from the outset has been about creating this awesome product and a product that people genuinely want you know yeah. we all like to have a drink and uh, it really is and it's so refreshing and it's so light and I absolutely love thing. it and I guess I really wanted to ask you guys how different do you think your lives would be right now if you hadn't have had that moment in the park? Because it sounds like you maybe would have tried hard seltzer along mm. the way on the trip, but I, that combined with the park and the sun and everything mm. is what kind of really gave you this spark. So awesome. how different do you both think your lives would be right now if you hadn't have started Berksy? It's a good Dead question. Silent. You're like, That's a good I don't question. know. <laughs> you know what? I've never actually thought that. <laughs> that's good it's good because it means yeah. you're on it but I, I guess I want um, you to reflect slightly on how far you've come and how different it would be I think the Very last two years would have been less stressful <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, 
Less fulfilling, uh, maybe, though. Less fulfilling. Yes. Yeah, that's what we always say is, I think, running your own business, as long as it's heading vaguely in the right direction, it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. So the, the kind of positives are always like super positive. Like you really kind of, there's nothing more you love to see than like a, a sort of win on, on your own business. But the negatives or when things go badly and we've, we've had our fair share, they're always like a little bit crushing. Um, so definitely less, less emotions over the last couple of years. But I think, yeah, I think we'd just be probably still living and working somewhere in central London, but just sort of plugging away. Yeah. Um, you know, but, we're um sort of I think our lives would genuinely be vastly different yeah. to yeah. where we are now. If we wouldn't experience the things we've experienced, we wouldn't have met the people we've met, we wouldn't have everything would be so, so different in our lives. And we may have more security and we may have more money. Um, but at the same time, we wouldn't have been on the journey that we've been on and have the opportunity we have now. I mean, we're sitting here in the US and we're about to launch in um, you know, the biggest market in the world for just about anything. Um, yeah. I was sitting on the cusp of what could be something so, so successful. And yeah, that's super, super exciting. And you'd struggle to get that kick out of mm-hmm. that kind of day-to-day job. So from my perspective, it's uh, all of the downs are, 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 are tough. Again, the potential and, and opportunities are just massive. So I kind Definitely. of welcome the change. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to take the risks and you learn from everything and who knows where this will take you, but you've got to throw you all into it. And as you both say, it's like the fulfillment from it is incredible. Um, so what exciting things have you got coming up for Berksy? I know that um, when this episode gets released, it's the week that you're going to do Taste London, which is really exciting. And you've just mentioned there that you're launching in the US or you will have launched in the US by the time the podcast is out. So just tell us a few things that are coming up for the brand. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the big one is the US. So we are the first British uh, heart health brand to launch in the US market, which is super exciting and super terrifying. Um, So we are going to spend a lot of this summer as a team out here, uh, helping to launch the product, but also kind of being on the ground, selling into stores, being here, there and everywhere, which is uh, super, super exciting. In the UK, lots of exciting things going on. We launch into a couple of big pub chains over the summer, which is really fun. Um, we have some great stockists already in the UK, like Planet Organic and Gorillas, and some some really really great um, some great brands as well. Uh, lots of events. So you mentioned Taste of London. There, we're also at, at an event called Tequila Town. We're at an event with uh, some called Bobby's of Bournemouth. Uh, lots and lots of different events throughout the summer. All sorts of activations, sampling. You'll find us here, there, and everywhere, um, letting people try, try Berksy. Um, and just all sorts of exciting, fun, new things um, across lots of geographies. We also launch in Hong Kong. Wow. We launch in the Netherlands. Um, lots and lots going on, probably too much, uh, any person will tell you. <laughs> But that's what happens when you run your own business. And I guess to just end the podcast, I'd love to know from your Berksy journey so far, what's kind of one piece of advice you'd like to give to our listeners? Uh, number one for me is follow your gut. Yeah, uh, There's been times where we... Always. It feels wrong and it doesn't feel like it all adds up, but you just convince yourself it's going to be okay. Um, but I think that's the number one thing for me is follow your gut. And it sounds a bit of a cliche, um, but I wish someone had told me genuinely listen to that more than anything else when you start. And I think we would have made a lot less mistakes. Interesting. Nick? Yeah. Um, 
I would say I think one of the number well in terms of a characteristic for what we're doing I think tenacity is a really powerful thing to to have um sometimes you know you've got to roll with the punches a bit and just kind of double down on your mission and just think you know we're getting we're slowly getting there you know it may not go your way that day but overall kind of if you step back you look at the direction everything's going in you've really got to just be able to take the hits and just crack on get your head down and really go for it and i think what one a family friend said really early on when we were asking for advice from all sorts of people he was like just get you know if you if you think it's going to work you've done all the you know calculations if you think you've got a viable business and you know you can make some money um, and you really believe in your mission he's like get the blinkers on and just absolutely go for it don't mm-hmm. don't hold back just obviously you know you can <laughs> not not full full blinkers on but you, you continue to take advice along the way but you know don't let anyone kind of distract you from from the mission that you believe in so that's uh yeah all about kind of being tenacious and just really going for it Brilliant advice. Absolutely love that. Um, And both of you, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for our brilliant partnership. Um, I love Berksy so much and I love what you guys are doing. And I'm going to go and have a little Berksy outside now (laughs) and potentially have my Berksy moment. Who knows what I'll come up with uh, sitting outside. But thank you so, so much. Um, And yeah, we'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.